Book 4, Chapter 2 of A Class Book of Old Testament History by G.F. McClear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cliff Stone of Sydney, Australia. A Class Book of Old Testament History by G.F. McClear. Book 4, Chapter 2 The Priests. Exodus chapters 28 and 29. Leviticus chapters 8 and 9, Numbers chapters 3 and 4. Prior to the Mosaic period, as has been already noticed, the head of each family and the firstborn appear to have exercised all kinds of government, ecclesiastical as well as civil, being both kings and priests in their own houses. At the departure, however, from Egypt, it was declared that all the firstborn were specially sanctified to God in token of the mercy shown to them there, Exodus 13 verse 2. And when Moses received the divine commands concerning the construction of the tabernacle, it was ordered that from the children of Israel, Aaron and his sons should be specially selected to minister in the priest's office, Exodus 28 verse 1. Subsequently, when the whole tribe of Levi displayed such signal zeal, on the occasion of the construction of the golden calf, Exodus 32 verse 26, that tribe was separated for the service of the sanctuary and accepted in the place of the firstborn as the royal guard to wait on Israel's king. Numbers 1 verses 47 to 54, 3 verses 5 to 13. But though the whole tribe was set apart for these important purposes, a strictly prescribed order regulated its particular functions to each branch, of which there were three. A. The Levites. B. The priests. C. The high priest. A. The Levites entered on their duties at the age of 30, Numbers 4, verses 23, 30 and 35, and were consecrated not as the priests by anointing and investiture, but by a ceremony of washing accompanied by sacrifices, after which the elders laid their hands upon them, and Aaron presented them as a wave offering before the Lord, in token that they were offered to the Lord by the congregation for the service of the sanctuary, and handed over by him to the priests. Thus occupying a middle place between the people, who were all ideally a kingdom of priests and the higher sacerdotal orders, they might approach nearer to the tabernacle than the other tribes, but they might not offer sacrifice, nor burn incense, nor handle the holy vessels of the sanctuary till they were concealed from view. Numbers 4 verse 15 The Levites then were the assistants of the priests, and consisted of three families or sections, the sons of Gershon, Kohath, and Mirari. Firstly, the Kohathites held the first rank, as being the family to which Aaron belonged. It was their duty on the removal of the tabernacle to bear all the sacred vessels, including the ark itself, but not before the priests had concealed them from the profane gaze with a dark blue pall. Numbers 3 verse 31, 4 verse 6, 9 and 15, Deuteronomy 31 verse 25. Secondly, the Gershonites were charged with the removal of the curtains, veils and tent hangings, Numbers 4, verses 22 to 26. Thirdly, to the Mirrorites was entrusted the heavier portion of the tabernacle furniture, such as the boards, pillars and bars, and therefore with the Gershonites they were permitted to use the oxen and wagons contributed by the congregation, while the Kohathites 
were only suffered to remove the sacred vessels on their shoulders. Numbers 7 verses 1 through 9. With this arrangement agreed their position in the encampment in the wilderness. While the place of honour on the east was occupied by the sons of Aaron, the Kohathites were on the south, the Gershonites on the west, the Merarites on the north. In place of territorial possessions, the Levites received the tithe of the produce of land and cattle, of which they again gave one-tenth to the priests. Numbers 18 verses 24 to 26. At the close of the wanderings, they would need a more fixed abode, and 48 cities with suburbs of pasture land for their flocks and herds were assigned them. Of these, the Levites had 35, Kohath 10, Gershon 13, Merari 12, while the remaining 13, including the six cities of refuge, were assigned to the priests. It was also designed that at the settlement of the nation in the land of promise, their functions should be not only diffused as widely as possible, but should include others besides those of merely assisting the priests. They were to take the place of the old household priests, to share in all festivals and rejoicings. Deuteronomy 12 verse 19, 14 verse 26 and 27, 26 and verse 11. To preserve and transcribe the law, Deuteronomy 17 verses 9 to 12, and to read it publicly at the Feast of Tabernacles every seventh year. Deuteronomy 31 verses 9 to 13. B. The priests were consecrated to their office with far more imposing ceremonies than the Levites. After laying aside their old garments, they washed their bodies with pure water, were anointed with the holy oil, and then arrayed in their new vestments. Exodus 29 verses 4 to 7. Themselves compassed about with infirmity, they needed to offer up sacrifice first for their own sins before they could intercede for others. Hebrews 5 verse 2, 7 verse 27. On the head therefore of a bullock they solemnly laid their hands, and thus symbolically transferred to it the guilt that clung to themselves. Then in token of their entire devotion to their solemn calling, a ram was slain as a burnt offering, and its blood sprinkled on the altar. Exodus 29 verses 10 to 18, Leviticus 8 verses 18 and 19. Another ram was next slain as a peace offering, and some of its blood was smeared on the tip of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, the great toe of the right foot, in token of their intention to devote every member to the service of Jehovah. And finally, as they were not only to intercede for the guilt of the people, but to offer their praises and thanksgiving, Sacrificial cakes of unleavened bread with portions of the sacrifice were placed in their hands, and these were waved before the Lord. Exodus 29 verses 19 to 24 The vestments they wore during their ministrations consisted of fine linen drawers, and over these a closely fitting tunic or cassock, white, woven whole in one piece, embroidered, reaching to the feet. This was confined round the waist by a girdle wrought with needlework, exhibiting the three sacred colours, blue, purple and scarlet, intermingled with white. Upon their heads they wore a linen tiara in the form of the calyx of a flower. In all their ministrations they seemed to have been barefooted. Certain qualifications were essential before they could enter on the discharge of their duties. As the victim was required to be without blemish, so also was the sacrificer. And in Leviticus 21 verses 17 to 21, the defects are enumerated, which excluded from the priestly office. During their period of ministration, they might drink neither wine nor strong drink, 
Leviticus 10 verse 9. Except in the case of the nearest relatives, they might make no mourning for the dead, Leviticus 21 verses 1 to 5, or shave their heads, or, like the priests of heathen nations, make cuttings in their flesh, or otherwise mutilate themselves, Leviticus 19 verse 28, 1 Kings 18 verse 28. They were permitted to marry, but might not ally themselves with one of an alien race, or an unchaste woman, or one who had been divorced, or the widow of anyone but a priest. Leviticus 21, verses 7 and 14. Their duties were to keep the fire ever burning on the altar of burnt offering both day and night. Leviticus 6, verse 12. To trim and feed with oil the golden lamp. Exodus 27, verses 20 and 21. To offer morning and evening the regulated sacrifices at the door of the tabernacle. Exodus 29, verses 38 to 44. To lay the fresh shoe bread on the table every seventh day. Leviticus 24, verse 8. To blow the silver trumpets and proclaim all solemn days. Numbers 10, verses 1 to 10. To examine the lepers and pronounce whether they were clean or unclean. Leviticus 8. To act as judges and expositors of the law and teach the people the statutes of the Lord. Leviticus 10, verse 11. Deuteronomy 33, verse 10. A distinct provision was made for their support, and consisted of, firstly, one-tenth of the tithes of the whole produce of the country paid to the Levites, Numbers 18, verses 21 and 26. Secondly, the loaves of shewbread, Leviticus 24, verse 9. Thirdly, the firstfruits of oil, wine and corn, Numbers 18, verse 12. Fourthly, the redemption money for the firstborn of man or beast, five shekels a head, and also for everything devoted. Numbers 18, verses 14 and 15. Fifthly, the prerequisites of the sacrifices, the flesh of the burnt offerings, peace offerings, and trespass offerings, and especially the heave shoulder and the wave breast. Numbers 18, verses 8 to 14. Leviticus 10, verses 12 to 15. Sixthly, a fixed portion of the spoils taken in war. Numbers 31, verses 25 to 47. C. The office of high priest was conferred first on Aaron, then on his son Eleazar and his descendants. At some period before the time of Eli, the succession passed to the line of Ithamar, and there continued till the time of Solomon, in whose reign it reverted to the line of Eleazar. 1 Samuel 2 verses 35, 1 Kings 2 verse 35. The same ceremonies accompanied the consecration of the high priest as that of the priest, save that the anointing, which in the latter appears to have been confined to the sprinkling of their garments with the sacred oil, was more copious in his case, and the oil was poured upon his head. Leviticus 8 verse 12, Psalms 133 verse 2. The vestments of the high priest were far more rich and splendid than those of the priests. Like the latter, he wore the linen drawers, but in place of the closely fitting tunic, he wore the robe of the ephod, which was all blue, of woven work without sleeves, reaching down to the feet and drawn over the head through an opening, which was fringed with a border of woven work to prevent its rending. The skirt of this robe was set with a trimming of pomegranates of the three sacred colours, blue, crimson and purple, with a golden bell between each pomegranate, designed to give forth a tinkling sound as he went in and out of the holy place. Immediately above this robe was the ephod itself, a short cloak consisting of two parts, one covering the back 
and the other the breast and upper part of the body, wrought with colours and gold. The two halves were united on the shoulder with two onyx stones, on each of which were engraved the names of six of the tribes. It was gathered round the waist by a curious girdle of fine twined linen, adorned with gold, blue, purple and scarlet. Just above the girdle, and attached to the ephod by rings and ribbons of blue, was the breastplate, or the breastplate of judgment. This, like the ephod, was of cunning work, a square of a span breadth, formed double so as to make a bag, set with twelve precious stones in four rows, each engraved with the name of one of the tribes. Within the breastplate was the Urim and the Thummim, light and perfection, Exodus 28 verses 15 to 30. Not a word in scripture explains the meaning of these mysterious objects, but they were certainly employed in some way now unknown for ascertaining the divine will. Compare 1 Samuel 28 verse 6, Judges 1 verse 1, 20 verse 18, 1 Samuel 14 verses 3 and 18, 23 verse 9, 2 Samuel 21 verse 1. Some identify them with the twelve stones inscribed with the names of the twelve tribes, and suppose that the illumination, simultaneous or successive, of the letters guided the high priest to the answer. Others think that within the breastplate was a stone or a plate of gold inscribed with the name of Jehovah, and that by means of this he was enabled to discern the divine voice as it proceeded from the glories of the Shekinah. Like the other members of the order, the high priest wore on his head a tiara, but attached to this by a blue ribbon was a gold plate, on which was engraved, Holiness to the Lord. Exodus 28 verses 36 to 39, 39 verse 30. Some of the functions of the high priest were peculiar. Firstly, to him alone it appertained to enter the Holy of Holies on one day in the year, the Day of Atonement, to sprinkle the blood of the sin offering on the mercy seat and burn incense within the veil. Leviticus chapter 16. On this occasion he did not wear his full pontifical dress, but was arrayed entirely in fine white linen. Leviticus 16 verses 4 and 32. A custom which afterwards seems to have undergone some change. Secondly, to him alone it belonged to consult the divine oracle, Numbers 27 verse 21, and preside over the court of judgment, Deuteronomy 17 verse 9. Thirdly, even greater purity and blamelessness was required of him than of the other priests. He could marry none but a virgin in the first freshness of her youth, Leviticus 21 verse 13. And as illegitimacy was an absolute bar to the office, the importance attached to genealogies was great, and in these the name of the mother as well as father was registered. The office lasted for life, but does not seem to have had any peculiar emoluments attached to it over and above those enjoyed by the priests. End of Book 4, Chapter 2 Recording by Cliffstone of Sydney, Australia